Welcome to the Fabulous Five Podcast. The Fabulous Five Podcast is an inspirational show sponsored by New Covenant Believers dealing with five topics from week to week for 30 minutes. The five topics all begin with the letter F from where we get the title Fabulous Five. The five topics are as follows. Faith in Jesus Christ, family dealing with love, marriage, and relationships, finances consist of personal financial planning and business, fellowship involving relationship with others in the body of Christ, fatherhood dealing with parenting, mentoring, and leadership to our youth. The show will consist of teaching, inspirational speaking, or guest speakers from week to week. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Please join your host, Frank Reed, for this week's episode. Once again, welcome to the Fabulous Five, also known as the Fab Five, dealing with faith, family, finance, fellowship, and fatherhood. Hello, this week's topic is Faith in Jesus Christ. The title of the show is Unity of the Faith. We find that in today's time, current world current events, we have the coronavirus pandemic going on. There's many other things that are going on at the same time. We're living in critical times, but the coronavirus has still gone on from early March until now. It hasn't stopped or hasn't been um, a solution for it. We're trying to start our economy back up and ignore the coronavirus, but it's not working. There's a lot of confusion within the political realm between the Democrats and the Republicans the president, against the Senate, against the Congress. There's no, no sense of cooperation or unity within our government. We're at a critical time. We're also in a vulnerable time as a nation. I haven't seen so much confusion and so much finger pointing at each other in a long, long time. And also on top of that, we have murders of blacks such as George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor senseless murders. George Floyd was murdered by a police officer in Minneapolis as he was being arrested. The officer was up on his neck for um, at least 16 minutes. He cried, I mean, eight minutes. He cried out 16 times, I cannot breathe. I cannot breathe. And cried out for his mother helplessly. Already no resistance of arrest or anything. Yet, it was police brutality at its worst. Ahmaud Arbery was shot down just jogging in his neighborhood uh, by some citizens taking the law into their own hand. But, and Brianna Taylor was murdered in her own house by police with a, with a um, search warrant that wasn't, wasn't any good. Look at the wrong house anyway. Is shot her eight times in her own house. This is senseless murders like never before, which is called racial tension throughout the world. Many are marching, not just in the major cities of America, but around the world, marching for um, equality for blacks and the injustices towards blacks. But we also see that it started out as a march for Black Lives Matter, um, for Black Lives and that, that they matter. But now it turned into a situation where many are marching for different reasons. I call it anarchy. Now they're marching to disband the police force, which in which doesn't make any sense. If we have no police force, 
then criminals will run wild and do what they will at their will. We don't need to disband the police. What I really believe we need to do is reform the police department uh, and, and so that we see some better results than what we have been seeing and see some improvement. And we find that there's civil unrest, rioting, violence, gun violence, and racial tension even in the church. Many pastors have brought to came to the forefront to point out the, the systematic racism that have been in the church for years. They're speaking over their pulpits. They're speaking um, about racial injustice in society where we're crying out and no one does anything, which we call systematic racism, where you hear, hear, what, hear injustice, see injustice, you do nothing about it, or you conform to it. And a lot of these things happen without people even knowing it. But we find that we need unity. I, even though I don't agree with their religion or, or anything of their um, teachings, but I know there's unity. I see unity in, with the Jehovah Witnesses and with the Mormons. They're unified. They teach the same thing. They speak the same thing. And they're unified over a false doctrine. Whereas in the church, I really believe we have the truth, but we are not unified. We're split between several different, because of over several different reasons. Denominationalism, there's the racial divide that we have, but denominationalism occurred way back during church history. We know that when the church first started in the, in the book of Acts, the first century church started, they were all on one accord. They all spoke the same thing. They had all things in common. Common. There was perfect unity, and there was love between the brethren. Over the course of church, over the course of years during church history, many things have changed. We don't see the unity. We don't see the one accordance. We don't see the all things in common. Why? Because that we have um, the enemy is still living, which is our. Uh, our arch enemy and the enemy of God, enemy of Christ and enemy of the body of Christ, which is Satan or the devil or the evil one that stirs up, uh, uh, stirs up controversies, that stirs up deceitfulness, that stirs up lies, that distorts the truth. And over the years of church history, the truth that they originally had has been distorted. And, and, and what happened is, as truth has been restored or revealed to certain ones, denominations were built on certain truths that were restored based on the Bible, based on Christianity belief, but it's not the full truth. I don't believe not one denomination has the total truth of Jesus Christ, but I believe if we come together in oneness in spirit, oneness of mind, oneness in worship, and be led by the Holy Spirit, it will reveal the truths of Jesus Christ as we come together. There's a need for love and unity within the church itself, a need for forgiveness, a need for um, um, admitting of oaths, I mean offenses, admission of offenses, and then for forgiveness of things that happened in the past, and so we can start out new in love. Christ in St. John's, 17, which is called the he, the the um, high priestly prayer, which is this is really the Lord's prayer. 
In St. John 17, 11, it says, And I know I, and I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. I come to thee. Holy Father, keep thou, thou thy own name, those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. On several occasions in St. John 17, Jesus says, Make them one Father as we are one. And then if you look at, go down, drop down a little further, St. John 17, 21 to 23, three times he mentioned, Father, make them one as we are one. And that reads on this wise, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art me, I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gave me I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them, thou in me, that we may be perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved me as thou hast loved, and has loved them as thou hast loved me. So our oneness in Christ is in Christ. As we are in Christ, and Christ is in the Father, and, and, and we can be one in them. We cannot be one without Christ himself, because Christ is the truth the way, the truth, and the life, back to God. But he's crying out for oneness, in which the early church had oneness. And with that oneness, we see a blessing of the manifestation of God's spirit in signs, miracles, and wonders, and many people coming to the church because of the oneness that they have had seen. Right now, we don't see that particular oneness as they had experienced, but I believe God is going to answer Jesus' prayer because he prayed it in the earth. And right now we need a cry for oneness within the church like never before. Because there's chaos and darkness, great darkness within the world and great confusion in the world. And I don't believe it's going to get better. It's going to get worse unless the church shine the light of the oneness of love and unity within ourselves and unto other people can see the oneness of Christ within us and he will manifest himself. We know that um, the Bible also talks about endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Ephesians 4.3 says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Within Christ, he gave us unity and gave us love by his word and by his spirit, that he, he, we, we can come in agreement in love and keep the bond of peace. Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Ephesians 4, 3 through 6 says, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace, that there is one body, one spirit, just as we are called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. In this particular scripture, Paul is emphasizing, emphasizing the unity of the bond of peace. It brings oneness. Oneness, there's one body. Body of Christ, there's only one spirit of God. Just as there's one call, hope of your calling. And there's one Lord, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. One faith, which is based on Jesus Christ, and one baptism. And it's one God and Father of all, who is above us all, 
and through all and in us all. There's no one. There's no schisms within God Himself. They're, they are one. God is one, and we find that the church itself. We need to regain our oneness, and as we regain our oneness, it brings about a great peace, a great anointing and manifestation of God. We wait for revival, but the revival happens as the church re-examines itself and repent of its sins, repent of its sins that have caused the disagreements, and work towards oneness, work toward peace, work towards collaboration. Even though you may not understand everything in the Bible like someone else may understand it, they may have one truth, you have another truth. But if you come together, you can put your truths together and the Holy Spirit can reveal the total truth to us as a body. We've been fighting just like Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier won. Joe Frazier won that fight. Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier too. Muhammad Ali won the fight. And then there was the thriller in Manila in which they both went to the distance and looked like they were going to kill themselves. And that's how the church looked with the inner fighting and strife. Looked like we we're going to kill ourselves. Fighting over things, you know, different truths and everything. While the world go, don't, don't see the Christ in us and we're not effective and we don't have the influence of Christ or love spread abroad within us. It's a call for unity. It's very important that we have unity. And we're going to take a break. And after we come back, we're going to look at Psalms 133, the great psalm about unity or how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. If you'd like to contact us at the Fabulous Five Podcast to leave your prayer requests, concerns, or comments, you can do so at the following. Email frankreed at fabs5.org. That's Frank, R-E-E-D, at F-A-B, the number 5, the letter S, dot org. Or phone number 248-905-1569. That's 248-905-1569. And at our website, fabs5 forward slash contact, please fill out the contact form and submit. We also can be reached on social media at Fabs Fives Podcast. That's F-A-B, the number five, the letter S, Podcast, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. The Fabulous Five Podcast is a ministry of New Covenant Believers. All funds will go to New Covenant Believers for sponsoring of this Fabulous Five Podcast. If you'd like to donate to our ministry, you can do so at paypal.me forward slash F-A-B, the number five, the letter S, or cash out, dollar sign, F-A-B, the number five, the letter S, or our website, fast5.org, and click on the donate button. Thank you for your financial support and your prayer. Psalms 133, verses 1 through 3, reads on this wise, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descended on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. We find that this unity in Psalms 133 verse 1 
It says, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We find that unity brings about a peace. When you look at peace, you think about inner strength, not being at war with yourself or a war around you, having a sense of quietness, a sense of stillness, a sense of uh, where you can think straight, where you can rest, a sense where you can build. During the times of peace is when Solomon built the kingdom, built his palace and built the kingdom of Israel and built the house for the new temple, Solomon's temple for the house of God. It was during the season of peace. He did not have to war. He really was able to build his magnificent buildings, a magnificent city of Jerusalem, in which many people from all over the world came to see the uh, city of Jerusalem and to see the temple and see the palace that Solomon built, which was uh, breathtaking in its day and worth trillions of dollars in value of this day. In the, land of, in the time of peace, he was able to fortify himself. He was able to build an economy. He was able to um, build systems that was sustainable for the citizens, in which the citizens also prospered during the time of peace. During the time of war, it's hard to build because you're fighting against um, some oppositions. And opposition could come from anywhere in, in, in different places. But it said, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. When you have unity of the brethren, you have love. And when you have love, you have a sense that you know someone has your back. And you know that you can trust that individual. And you know that you can confide in that individual. In which you can have confidence in the relationship. And then it goes on to say that it is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard. The beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garment. This deals with how the priest was anointed back in the Old Testament. They took a horn of oil and anointed the priest with, with uh, precious oil made of olive oil made of frankincense and mint and other, other spices. There's a special ointment designated and consecrated just for the anointing of the priests and anointing of priests, kings, and people that are installed in office for God. So this was saying, this is like the precious oil in which Aaron was the high priest. Aaron represented the, the, the God to the people and the people to God, in which... They were their strongest spiritually when they had a strong high priest, meaning God was in their midst because the high priest was able to intercede on their behalf and also bring the message of what God had said, where they had a relationship with God and commune with God, and they had great protection. Kings did not go out to war without the um, priests um, inquiring of the Lord and the priests giving them their um, okay to go out to war or saying that they will win the war. After the priest inquired through the Urim and the Thummim, which was some tools that they used to decide on what God is saying, the priest would inquire of the Lord. He would get an answer back whether they should go out to war or whether they should stay home or what kind of strategies they should use when they went to war. So the anointing, Oil was very ple um, pleasant upon Aaron, and it meant a lot. It meant God's presence in the midst of the people. 
And when you have God's anointing, it breaks yokes, yokes of bondages, yokes of discouragement, yokes of depression, yokes that you need to be healed from. And we find that even today, we need the anointing in our lives. We need an anointing to break, our, break the yokes of bondages off our life, break off depression, oppression, and inner healing, and healing for our body and our soul and our mind, so that we could, we could also experience the presence of God like never before. When you're in the presence of God and the glory come, and the anointing come upon you, there's nothing like it. A sense of heaven on earth. And there's nothing wrong with being in the God's presence where you experience heaven on earth and the anointing is heavy upon you. It's an experience that is beyond this world and it gives you great peace, gives you great joy and a sense of pleasantness even if you're being disturbed on the outside in your worldly, um, in the worldly uh, circumstances in your life. If you can only get into the presence of God, you can find goodness you can find pleasantness you can find peace you can find that that what you need in that particular time spiritually to get over whatever you may be doing may be going on in your life so the anointing is the presence of god in your life and we need that like never before we don't need to self-destruct spiritually we got the presence of god you, you got to know how to entreat god the priests knew how to go in and entreat god and to seek god and to bring God's presence in the midst of the people. You got to have people that know how to intercede, that know how to pray, that know how to prophesy. Hallelujah. What thus said the Lord, so that we can be in communication with our Lord in order to live a life of victory in the spirit realm and in the natural. The anointing. So it brings about the anointing. Unity does. Then it said, it's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. On a, on, a, on a day, on a fall day where there's dew, it brings refreshing to the grass. Even though you may not have any rain, if you can have some dew, it could bring refreshing to your lawn and keep it green, even though it's not a raining season. The dew refreshes. And we also need a refreshing. If you, It's just like a marathon runner. A marathon runner running, and he's on the six, uh, 16th or 13th mile, He's in the middle of the marathon, and his body is aching, and they have these water tables where he can grab water and take a drink to, re, re, to replenish himself so he can keep on running. We need a drink. We need a drink from God, a refreshing of his spirit, so that we can continue on on this fight, on this run, this race that we have set before us in our own personal lives. We need a refreshing. A refreshing is also like a refilling. If you had your car and you're driving from here to Florida and you never do fill up, you're going to run out of gas. Well, when you feel like you need to go to run out of gas, that's exactly when you need a refreshing or you need to fill up. Spiritually speaking, when it seems like you have done all you can and it seems like you're at a point where you can't take no more, you need a refreshing. Many people out there that's listening to this uh, podcast you need a refreshing. You need to stop what you're doing. Try to get into the presence of God so you can feel the presence of God so he can put the dew on you to refresh your heart, fresh, fresh your heart, refresh your mind. We need to renew our minds as far as our dreams and visions. You need a refreshing even in your mind to believe again, 
need a refreshing in your mind to redream again. Sometimes life could be so hard that you stop dreaming and you stop having hope. And when you lose hope, you also could lose faith. But we don't need to lose hope. We need to re we need a new hope and a new faith. And that comes from the do of refreshing, a new faith to stand strong after you've been defeated. You can stand up again and believe that I have I lost the battle, but I haven't lost the war. I failed at this, but I, I, I just because I failed don't mean that I won't fail the next time. Because I still got life in my body. I'm still living. And I give thanks to God to be in the land of the living. He's given me another chance. And I'm going to continue to fight the good fight of faith. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to receive the refreshing of the Lord. Amen. Refreshing. And then it goes on to say, For the Lord commanded the blessing. Look at here. When the Lord commanded a blessing upon your household, Nobody can stop it. I don't care who's in this world. Just like Paul said, what can separate me from the love of Christ? Shall heights, shall depths, shall angels, shall principalities, shall powers, shall life or death itself, shall separate me from the love of God? No, anything will separate us from the love of God when we end the loving relationship with him. And the same is with your blessing. When it's blessing time and God commanded a blessing for you, can't nobody stop it. And what God has for you is for you. Sometimes God shut doors because it's not good for us. But when he opened the door, you better be ready to step in because it's for you. The blessing of the Lord make it rich and it added no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord is just like it said, a blessing. And I'll tell you, we need a blessing. Sometimes we get so discouraged and we're waiting on the Lord, but there's a time of waiting and then there's also a time of blessing. Unity builds, builds, builds uh, encouragement of each other to wait on the Lord, to be encouraging in the Lord. That's where unity comes from. That's why the scriptures say, forsake not the assembly of the brethren as a matter of some is. Because when you're assembled together, you can encourage one another. When you're assembled together, you can worship together. When you're assembled together, the presence of God will come in the midst of you. And as you come together in unity, God is in the midst. He said, where two or three gather in my name, touching the green and anything, I am in the midst. And when God is in your midst, there's a presence of God that brings about a blessing. Naturally and spiritually, the Lord commanded the blessing. It didn't say the Lord just a bless you. He commanded the blessing. Meaning if you come together in unity, unity has its blessings. Not just for today, but it said life forevermore. Forevermore. Life, even life forevermore. We want to have things lively. We want to live abundant life. That's what God has promised. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and that more abundantly. All this happened when we come together in unity. You, you see all the blessings that happen when you come together in unity. I believe that's why the enemy fight the church so strongly not to come in unity because he know that if we come in unity, we get the message of unity, 
that God would bless us. We become stronger and stronger and the kingdom of, 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 of his dear son would advance more and more. The kingdom of light is going to advance more and more and the kingdom of darkness shall diminish. As peace, love, joy is displayed. And when peace, love, and joy is displayed, godliness is displayed. And when godliness is displayed, everyone under the umbrella of God is blessed. May the blessings of the Lord keep you and heaven shine upon you and he give you peace. Thank you for listening to the Fabulous Five podcast, also known as the Fab Five. We can be reached at our website, fabs5.org. That's the letter F-A-B, the number five, the letter S.org. Also, you can see our other social media links there. You can listen to our other episodes once again at our website, fabs5.org. That's the letter F-A-B, the number five, the letter S.org. Please join us next week for our next episode. May God bless you and heaven smile upon you.